Welcome, everyone, to the Kathy Lee Parker Show, the number one place for enlightened and entertaining guests, positive vibes, and information that is spot on. And now, for your listening pleasure, your host, Kathy Lee Parker. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today we're going to be talking about log cabins, what it's like to, to live in one of those. Of course, some of us dream of having a log cabin and some of us are looking into buying one. And with me today, I have Rick Hubble. He has been building log homes for 44 years and he is the owner of Wilderness building systems. He's been building log homes along the western United States and all the way up to Montana as well and back. So with me is Rick Hubble. Welcome, Rick, to my show. Hi, how you doing? Hope everybody's going to have fun learning about log homes. Always probably was curious about them. Well, I've built enough of them. And tell us a little bit about you and what made you get involved in log homes. First, we'll start uh, what started out was I was raised in northwest Montana up on the Canadian border just outside Glacier Park. And so I was always in the woods. My dad was logging when I was young. I, was, I killed my first bear at four years old in a logging camp while we were up there. Mm-hmm. But I was always in the woods. My grandfather was a builder. My father was a builder. I went to colleges building and, and uh, fell into a log home business, fell into building a log home for somebody. And that was an interesting story as I worked as a laborer on that uh, big project. And I ended up getting fired with about seven other guys because it wasn't moving along fast enough. And uh, two kids had fell off the roof and got hurt. It was a big, massive place in the side of the mountain in um, Maple Hills, Bountiful, Utah. And uh-huh. uh, I told them I would do the shingles, and they were desperate to get somebody in the middle of January to do the rustic shakes on a 12-12 pitch, three-story high building. I uh, did it, got it done in three weeks. The owner come back, fired my boss, asked me to take the project over. And then after that, I had all kinds of people saying, you're really good at this, fixing stuff up and making it work. And they sent me to Park City area. I did three homes up there. One thing led to another. Next thing you know, I'm in the log home manufacturing business because I was from Montana, living in Salt Lake City at the time. I knew where the timber come from, and I had the construction experience, had the college in it. Next thing you know, we're manufacturing housing, shipping them all over the world. Back in the, started in 76-ish, I think I licensed the name. So that's what I've been doing, uh, general contractor, building those, and then sending them all over the world and helping people walk through the process of, their plans, blueprints, engineering, designing their homes, and uh, trying to do it in an idea that I've actually built them so I have a little more understanding of how to get them done and the cost to do that. So I, I use what I have learned through experience to help them design and pick their lots and, and find their budget and then try to, as I used to tell my people in the sales office, what we do here is sell dreams. Find somebody comes in, they have a dream of a cabin in the mountains or on a lake. We've got to try to take their budget, match them up to their floor plans, and see if we can help get them into it and then be friends when we're done doing it. It's not an easy job sometimes, and but we've had pretty good luck. I've done thousands of them. Mm-hmm. Rick, can an average person with no building experience build a log home themselves? I used to tell people when they asked me questions like that, if you can't build a picnic table, don't attempt to do a log home package. (laughs) We have taken, one of the things I think is most successful is doing is uh, picking a good system that we did that was do-it-yourselfer friendly. Um, Mm -hmm. We called it uh, user-friendly, but the logs are not the hard part. They go together pretty easy for log cabins, and being as in Utah, a very good state for self-reliant people that do things themselves and big families that want to put their own cabin together here in the mountains. Mm -hmm. We did a lot of good at doing it yourself. Then that moved into the custom homes and done some biggest. The biggest one I did was uh, 13,500 feet, but it's not uncommon to do 2,500, 3,500, 4,500, and they're a little more complex. 
if they get that complex, I'd recommend a general contractor helping them do it, unless they mm-hmm. had some family members that were contractors. And I've actually helped them walk them through it. Uh, and, and there's a lot of videos on YouTube of me building those and videotapes we put on there that go clear back in the 80s and 90s. But we try to help them get it built. I'd like to see them have a contractor on those most complex ones. But a simple little one-bedroom, two-bedroom cabin, uh, I had two gals one time buy one, and they put it together themselves. And it was just a simple little two-bedroom cabin, one story. But the logs aren't the problem. Um, I tell the customers, you'll have more, I would have more problems fighting the electrical and the plumbing and the cabinets and the countertops and that finish work. I don't get much into that finish work. I like to see the structures go up. And then I usually get other guys to come in and sub out all that cabinetry and sheetrock and stuff. How much physical strength is required to build a log home? Well, we do a lot of sledgehammer work, and I usually grab the sledgehammers when I got my guys working in the crews, cut the handles halfway off. I go through a lot of sledgehammer handles. You can give them a full-length sledgehammer. So we have three different sizes of uh, hammers, at least. The big old sledgehammer, which I cut the handle off, wrap wire around the head and glue it all up because they keep busting the handles on the spikes. And then you get a little single jack, which is a little lightweight sledgehammer. That works mm-hmm. good for everything. And then a big framing hammer with a milled face hammer. They drive those 8-inch spikes pretty good. There is log screws that people try to sell us and stuff, but uh, you've, you'll never have good luck with a big, long screw trying to screw it down through a log and it won't pull very much, and it just sinks the head in. We advertise the world's strongest interlocking log wall system. We uh, Four things do that, the species of the wood, the moisture content, the milling process, and then the sledgehammers. So when we put a bead of glue down, we lay the log in it. Um, I try to explain it to the customers. We don't use foam gaskets and carpet pad to attach our walls together to stop the settling and keep it them airtight, we use a glue. And we okay. put the log in the glue, we put the spike down, and as you're driving the spike down with a sledgehammer, it slams it down like a bricklayer laying brick. He puts the mortar on the brick, lays the brick in the mortar, and then he taps it with his trial, and all the, the mortar oozes out, and that sets it into the wood grain, the glue. When you slam it with a sledgehammer, the wood grain is and packed it into all the fibers of the wood. And the wood glue that we use is stronger than the wood itself. So you can't get them apart hardly after you've put them together. So as for the the strength, sledgehammering would be the logs themselves. We have different lengths of logs and different dimensions of logs. But for do-it-yourselfers, the 7-inch round-milled saddle-notch Swedish Colt log is what we use in a Average size log around 10, 11 foot long weighs about 35 to 65 pounds. Fairly, okay. fairly light. You get up to the nine inch size logs, and you almost need two guys on each side of it. Uh, the log will double in weight between seven inch and nine inch logs, and uh, that's because there's twice as much wood in a nine inch round log as there is in a seven inch round log. Gives you an idea of how much the diameter, the, the wood, has to be used. And that makes a little more expense on your freight and on your on your labor and uh, uh, milling stuff. So as okay. for uh, how much strength, geez, I'm not going to tell you how old I am, but I'm still uh, building them, and I've been okay. doing it, like you said, I think 44 years. So yeah, um, um, it, it do doesn't log- take a, a lot. Yeah, uh, Rick, do log homes insulate well? Um, I tell the customers the best insulation in the world is what we call styrofoam, styrene, what your thermoses are got in them and what your uh, uh, ice chests are made out of. And the reason that that is so good is the trapped air that's in it that makes it float. Now, what makes wood float? Trapped air in it. Wood is the same characteristics as that styrofoam. The difference between styrofoam and wood is uh, you can shoot arrows, shoot bullets through styrofoam, and a good wind will blow it away. And if you get it close to a fire, styrofoam burns because it's made out of petroleum products. 
Wood Mm -hmm. is solid. It's hard to start a log on fire. Uh, You have to have all kinds of kindling and stuff. The the homes, uh, they have a fire wall. The fire marshal calls it a four-hour fire fire wall. It's how long it takes to burn through. But wood chars in, burns in an inch and a half, and then it goes out and it smothers itself. So um, the energy efficiency of wood is, is similar to that styrofoam, and wood is rated on a U value, not an R value. The Pink Panther invented the R value, and that was for, re- for uh, resistance in that pink fluff in your wall. And I, and I tell people, how do you think that keeps you warm? Because the same stuff that they use for R value, the Pink Panther, is the same stuff you use for a furnace filter. It's not airtight. Uh-huh. So air goes through it. So wow. uh, wood is solid. They rate that on U value. So our seven inch log wall has been tested by National Bureau of Standards in 1982. They found out the seven inch log was 46% more energy efficient than the FHA wall back in 1981, 82-ish. And I'm not uh-huh. sure if that was an R, R13 or an R22 or an R18 back in those days. But it's still, log homes are very, one of the most energy efficient wall systems there is. Wow. That's really Solid good to know. Wood. Wow, that's great. That's really good to know. Well, Rick, we'll sit right back and we're going to go into a commercial and we'll be right back after these messages. Having a brighter, whiter smile is important to you, even during the coronavirus crisis. Teeth whitening can be safe and convenient because at Curly Whites, we come to you. Our technicians take all the recommended safety precautions and you don't have to leave your home. Get all your family treated in one afternoon. It's safe and convenient and less expensive than a visit to the dentist. Curly Whites Mobile Teeth Whitening. Visit pearlywhitesfl.com to book an appointment today. There's a reason Summit County residents have been choosing Park City Mattress for 10 years. With Sealy, Serta, Tempur-Pedic, and Stearns and Foster right here in Park City. And the lowest price guaranteed. Park City Mattress in Redstone Village at Kimball Junction. See us at PCMattress.com. Head and Home Horse Rescue Foundation. We are a 501c3 nonprofit that rescues both wild and domestic horses and other equine that are either unwanted, neglected, abused, or their humans move. Head and Home helps rehabilitate them to be used in equine therapy to help those in need. We could use your support. You can contact us at 801-910-2698. Do you know how much equity is in your home, condo, or townhome? Do you want to lower your rate and take cash out? We're Valorum Equity, and we make mortgages easier. Give us a call at 800 764-9072 or visit ValorumEquity.com to receive your free home assessment today. Trouble sleeping? The mattress you choose makes all the difference. How do you select from thousands? At Mattress Warehouse, we do things differently. We fit you to the right mattress that you will love for many years and get up to eight months on our comfort guarantee. That's how sure we are about getting you the best night's sleep. Visit MattressWarehouseUtah.com and download your free Mattress Buyer's Guide to help you select the right mattress at the best price. MattressWarehouseUtah.com Hey, this is Rocktop Construction. Rocktop is a family-owned business based out of Utah. We specialize in replacing worn or storm-damaged roofs and understand how to assist homeowners with property claims. For reliable service and the best value on a quality and energy-efficient roof, call Rocktop Construction at 801-567-1234. We have an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. Again, that's 801-567-1234 to find out more about how we can protect your home. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm sitting here with Rick Hubble. He's the owner of Wilderness Building Systems, and we're talking about log homes and what it costs to build one and to live in such a cozy home. Rick, tell me, you know, how long do these log homes last? We, 
we know that in Europe, there's log homes over several hundred years old still being used. And wow. they, they were with a sod roof and a floor back in those days. They have fixed them up and remodeled and refurbished, but they're still using those buildings. There is log homes in the United States that is older than the United States, and they're still using those. Now, today we have modern building codes and practices and building materials. Uh, we can do better foundations. We know things about protecting our homes, uh, log oils, let's say, and better roof systems. And so I told people for many years we guarantee our homes for 1,500 years. Kind of, it's kind of funny, but if they, if they last several hundred years with the new building techniques, we probably can go a lot longer than that. If you keep the log walls in wood, let's talk about wood. If you keep your okay. wood out of the weather where the water isn't getting on it and things like that, different species of wood matter, but uh, they'll last forever. It's when the weather and water sprinklers get on them is when we have damage and decay. Uh, the creator made these uh, uh, wood uh, so that it rejuvenates itself back into the soil by it laying on the ground. It will rot away all the little enzymes and the little critters that live in the ground when they get moisture and it decays and gets all ate up and makes makes good fertilizer. So if you can keep it away from that off the ground, which is cold, uh, uh -huh. you've got some log oils into it, they'll last for a long time. Uh, I've got some of our buildings been around 30-some years. I, I put an addition on one of the homes in Farmington, Utah, that we did in 70, 78 or 9, and that home is still solid as a rock when we added on an addition wow. onto that home. Oh, my gosh, that's wonderful. Um, isn't it possible to build a three-story log home? Uh, I can build anything. What we get into is problems. I've done three stories, five stories. Well, you count in the basement, Whoa. five stories. What, what if is once you get over two levels of logs, logs start to compact like the soil. When you're determining the weight of a building to how much soil to take out for your foundation, you dig the hole so the house fits on the soil and it won't sink down into the soil after you build it. Well, the, what we found out is the soil compacts. The first two feet is one compaction. The next two feet of that is a different compaction. You get down several feet and it starts getting pretty firm. But logs, I found out, uh, two stories on up, we start getting a little compaction. The log will actually, the lower level logs at the ground level I have seen go egg-shaped compared to the ones up on the upper level because there's so much tremendous weight on them. Now we're talking a sixteenth of an inch out of round. It's not much, but they seal down and squash down on each other. So I have to allow for even our logs that we advertise don't settle if we build them because uh, we use the glue in between them and the species of wood we use and the milling process and moisture content. We don't get the settling. But even on a three-story building, a big one I did up in Montana, I allowed for three and a half inches of settling on the third level uh, just because of the weight. Now, on that one, I also used green logs. That should scare most people because green logs got a lot of moisture in them, and when they dry out, they shrink. The thing about that oh. is the greater the log is, the easier it cuts on the mill, and the blades don't dull as fast. But on this one, I was in control of this, and I wanted green logs because I wanted smooth cuts on the logs because we were using it for a specific purpose, and I wanted them green. So I had to allow for three and a half inches at the top level. So when I built the home, I had to make sure the big columns that went up to the center of the house on that third level were actually three inches short of being level. So in a year's time, and the house heated up as it dried out and settled down, they, they leveled out. In this case, I learned from my experience on everything I do like this, but I learned I probably should have went another inch or so. I can tell an inch difference in the floor on the upper level, but it's just the attic and the top of a big building anyway. But um, 
I could have gone a little bit more. But none of the books you could get, the technology books that are written on the engineering of settling that many logs that high, uh, nobody ever really has tested anything that big. So I was experimenting on that one, but nobody notices it on that one. But I learned from it. Okay, tell tell us, my listeners, a little bit about the um, products, the log products. For example, what type of wood, you know, would you use compared from Utah to Washington State or Oregon or even California? You know, I remember we were talking when I met you, you showed me different types of wood that to use and then yep. also to the method of you know drying the logs too when they're pre-cut okay for log packaging well let's talk about species of wood um yes species. you got redwood you got cedar you got pines and you got spruces and alpines and firs uh okay. they all do different things with all this timber we have it's pretty remarkable how it's made in different areas and it does different purposes Redwood, of course, and cedar, people know that it lasts. Bugs don't like that, and they holds up to the moisture um, better. Uh, there's some trees that rot really fast and dispose of their cells and turn into the humus in the ground and, you know, start over again. Uh, but out here in the West, let's just take the West, because that's what I'm familiar with. Um, we have a lot of lodgepole pine, Yellowstone Park on uh, north. Is lodgepole okay. pine. It grows tall, straight, true trees, and that's what we use that we have up in our forests in northwest Montana a lot of. Uh, you hear about the beetle killed. Uh, the lodgepole pine yeah, I heard about and that. the Douglas firs, the two trees we use. The Douglas fir is the strongest of all softwood, and um, we use that for our structural beams and window bucks and things like that. We also use a, the smaller ones into the walls. The lodgepole pine is not as strong as a dug fir, but it holds up to the weather and real good. So we use a lot of that. There's a lot of people that can use Utah, for example, doesn't have um, a lot of lodgepole in it. A patch of it up in the UNAs, but they have a lot what they call uh, balsam firs and white firs and things like that. But if they get wet, they rot within 10 years. They start rotting. So you've got to be careful about the species of the wood. Now, if you got it, harvested them green, you got them on a foundation, put a roof over them, they could last quite a while, but they'll never outlast a piece of dug fir. Now, saying that about cedar, it doesn't rot as much as anything. Uh, for example, people ask me, can we do cedar logs? I says, we can, but we got to get them up out of Oregon, so the freight's a little more expensive, and the structurally, they're not as strong as large pole and dug fir. They hold up to the weather, and they smell nice, until they dry out, then they kind of fade away. But they aren't structurally strong, and you can't get them stamped with a stamp on them that they're number two and better for building products that go into homes. So they're okay to look at or build them for fences or yard furniture, but structural timber is not good out of cedar. It has a lot more air in it. It's really light wood, and it burns really easy, too, if you ever had to catch it on fire. So... Uh, Douglas fir and lodge poles, what we use, that we get uh, all of the maintenance-free and, and the long-lasting logs out of. Um, Oregon has a lot of dug fir, but they use a lot of that big stuff for plywood. But out here in the west in the Rocky Mountains, we grow a, a lot of that lodgepole pine. It's kind of a remarkable piece of wood. It's the first tree that grows after a forest fire. It's the only tree that can live in the acid of the ashes. The pine needles reach around 300, 400 degrees when the forest fire burns. The seeds pop open, they drop in the ashes, and they just grow so thick you can't walk through them. And they grow fast, wow. they make a canopy for the woods, and then all the other trees, the trees that can grow into big timber like uh, Douglas firs and uh, tamaracks and uh, spruces and all the big timber trees, they can't grow out in the sunlight, but the large pole grows so fast and strict. The Indians use it. Uh, that's where they got the word, the teepee poles and corral rails and stuff like that. It doesn't grow hardly any branches on it or anything. It makes great log home material, and we have lots of it out here in the West. But um, large poles good, Douglas firs good, but uh, that's what we use mostly of, and it's strong too. Now, 
That's mm-hmm. what I know more about that kind of species of wood. Uh, as for the the other question you asked was the milling process. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe that was what you asked, that second question. The dry, yeah, the method oh, of the drying the logs. Yes, yes. Yep. When you go down to the lumber yard to buy a piece of lumber, there'll be a stamp on it. And the right. Department of Interior, which one of my friends, Ryan Zinke, who was the Department of Interior a while back, he was from Whitefish, Montana, also went to school with my sisters. They're in charge of grading and stamping all that, in charge of the Park Service, and the Forestry Department, and uh, HUD and FHA, that's all the uh, Department of Interior. They grade that stuff on this, on gr- kill-dried lumber that you buy at a lumber yard, it's stamped, kill-dried. Kill-dried, because yeah. we're in the timber business and the sawmill business in Montana, when you kill-dried lumber, you put it in a building for three to five days and you heat it. It only, it only dries an inch and a half in, so you can't kill-dry anything over like a five-by-five. Five. But if you buy a board that's kill-dried, when it hits 19% moisture content, you can legally stamp it kill-dried and sell it. And that's why when you go to Home Depot or Lumber Yards, you see people uh, sorting through the stack of tubifores. I don't want this one. I don't want this one. And they'll waste 20% of the material throwing it off to the side because it's got a little bow to it because those are kill-dried and they're still shrinking. The humidity here in Utah is around uh, 6% in the summer. So if you buy a a tubifor that is 19% moisture content, it's going to dry down to 6%. Now, remember that wood wow. does not start changing its dimensional size during its drying, curing process till it hits uh-huh. 30%. So you can take a green tree, dry it down to 30%. It's never changed its size yet. And after the 30% and lower, it starts checking. That's the, the little checks that pop open to release the stress in the tree as it's shrinking. The checks and then the warping and twisting starts after the 30. So when it gets to 19, uh, it's uh, it started its drying process, uh, but it will still go more out here in Utah. Now back in like the Carolinas where their humidity is way high, uh, it doesn't have to. It will never go down to six percent. I think they're in the teens or something like that. But wow. uh, out here they get bone dry, and we mill Dang. ours. When they get 6%, so kill dry is 19%. We mill ours at 6%. We're bone dry. It tears up our blades. It tears. We have to sharpen our blades twice a day to mill them, uh-huh. but we get a log that won't twist and warp as much, and the customers have better luck with it. The builders have said, wow, we built a two-story house at the peak of the roof. It was level from one end to the other end. The walls were level. We didn't have no low spots in the walls. You know, things like that. They fit together tight. And with the glue and stuff, we don't get the settling. And so they're pretty happy about that. So we have good luck with our builders. They'll always compliment how that went easy. And that turned out up level and true and uh, stayed stayed straight. Mm-hmm. What are the Most common content. mistakes? What, Rick, what, what are the common mistakes made by the kit that the log home builders make well let's let's there's two kinds of customers let's divide them into <laughs> you got the contractor who's built things before he he has an understanding of all of that process and then we've right. got the homeowner that doesn't have a whole lot of experience in building and we right. have pretty good luck with the homeowners because they actually listen to you and listen to me and look at our instructions and stay he's slower but he studies what he's doing and under, tries to understand it. Our trouble with the contractors are big. They'll look at this and look at the plan and go, I need no stinking plans. I can put these logs together. I did it with my building blocks. It's so simple that they think they don't have to look at the plans. But in the plans and engineering we've got, you have a starter course log. It's a log cut that goes on the floor flat. Uh-huh. Uh, we have right. the logs, then they overlap and interlock on top of each other. And then when you get up to about that seven to eight foot mark, we have logs that stick out past the eaves of the house to catch your overhangs. And uh-huh. a lot of the builders and or the customers, if they're not watching the plans or talking to me, and I, I, have to, I remind them of this, 
they take those logs and they go, look, look, Fred, here's a log with a notch in the middle of it. Why, why do we need that? It's a mistake. Cut it up for something else. And they get up and they forget to put the overhang logs that have to catch your rafters or your trusses or your, your tongue and groove decking that goes out past. On my homes, we design a lot of overhang on them and keeps them out of the weather and keeps the notches from weathering away and trying to rot and discolor and come apart, stuff like that. We keep a lot of roof over them. So I'm really articulate about watching that they have these logs out there. But there's one of the biggest problems they do. They get up at the eight-foot mark, and they don't have these logs that we made for them that have a notch in them three feet from the end, and they haven't used them because they thought it was for something else, and they saw them up and use them. And then we've got to try to figure a way to make the house come together again. But uh, that's one of the big problems. Uh, I'd like to walk them through the process of uh, your wiring, your electrical. Let's let's start on the third log up. Let's start drilling through the log into the basement area or the crawl space and sticking a wire up there for an outlet wherever you want it. Stick it out the log. Chisel a little flat spot. Chisel in a little shallow metal box and wire it in the log. Some people come back and say, we're just going to staple our wires to the wall, and they have a mess later on trying to cover them up and make them look right when you can just drill through the three logs and stick a wire down into the basement. Your electrician can grab that and wire it into his circuit. And switches, we'll go through all that with them. Your outlets and your switches, porch lights, uh, your lights in your living room, hiding lights, how to hide them, little techniques like that that we sit down because we got the construction experience to show them how to hide wires or another alternative for heating and duct work, all of this stuff. When we do the homes, I have to go over all the plans and make sure we're planning on the ductwork and the heating and electrical and all the code stuff. Uh, the customers come in, they sit down, and the lady's trying to design around grandmother's armoire that she wants in the house. And so she just make the wall longer, make the building wider, and they don't understand the spans for floor joists, the centers from 16-inch to 24-inch. Uh, whether it's a mm-hmm. two by ten floor joist or a two by twelve floor joist, and the cost that can go up. So uh, if they got a budget, I like to look at their budget, and then I try to right. direct them into okay. a house to design it to save. Okay, that's good. What kind of roof would be the best for a log home or a log cabin? Uh, what I'm going to say now is something that I come to understand a few years ago. But when you walk into a log home, what's going to get your excitement or what you, you're going to look at Pinterest and you're going to look at these beautiful log homes. What you're looking at is the ceilings, the roofs in those homes. Because uh-huh. when you're in a log home, there's furniture all around on the main level. There's pictures on the walls a few windows, but you're looking up. You're looking at vaulted ceilings. You're looking at beam work and log work. If you want a beautiful home that gets people excited, your ceiling is looking up is what sets people off, and that's where it gets its attention, and you end up in the architectural magazines and on covers of magazines and things like that. So it's very expensive. It's the most expensive part of the package that we do is the ceiling. There's five kinds of roofs. The cheapest roof to build on a home is a truss roof. The second is rafters. The third is those TJI manufactured plywood beams, which I don't like. And Mm -hmm. then there's the uh, sod rough cut beams we use also with the two by six tongue and groove decking with all the lumber on that. Now we can design it with beams in the roof, different size of beams and depending on what the people into their budget. I tell people that I can build them today, I say, I can build you a three-bedroom log home for turnkey for 180000 or I can build you a three-bedroom log home for $5.5 million. They're both three-bedroom log homes. There's a whole range of things that how we gingerbread them up and do all these fancy roofs and ceilings and gables and pitches and wall heights and log sizes and archways and all of the notching that go inside of them. They're still three bedrooms, but uh, it's your budget. So when I, I look at people's budget and I sit down with them 
and they want a three-bedroom, and they have a particular kitchen they want, and they want a fireplace. And I, I go, and who's building it? My son's a contractor. He's an electrician. My sister's a plumber, and my mother-in-law is the roofer. And so all together, <laughs> we want to try to do family. our own. Then I can say, uh-huh. okay, here's your budget. We can change this, change that. We can come into your budget, and I'll help you walk through it, and follow you through the process, and help them get it done. And so, and then we got a lot of happy customers. And I still, I'm getting customers coming in. Last year, I think three return customers that went back as far as 20 years that bought 20 years ago, and they're building another one now and moved on to another home. Wow. Do they stay in the log home? So they are insulated really well compared to the conventional conventional or mobile homes, right? right? We're, we're, we've been FHA HUD approved since 1981. And wow. uh, loans on them, credit unions are a good place to get a loan. Um, mm-hmm. We can get loans, pass all the paperwork. We provide all the engineering for your home to get a building permit for, or loans to get on your permit. Everything's stamped mm-hmm. and graded. Our logs are stamped and graded. So the building inspector mm-hmm. is going to want to see your logs stamped and graded nowadays. And they have to have the engineering. We provide the plans, the blueprints, the engineering, and uh, help you design your home. Usually we got packages that you can see on the website, or you can come in. And we go through the packages that are standard. And out of those standard packages, I can guarantee that they're going to change them. Everybody changes them. They move a closet, move a wall, change the kitchen, really? and we're used to that. So have you had people who build a log home from you and they call you back and do an addition, make it bigger? Yep. We've actually got wow. a home on our price list called the Denali, which is a three-phase home. People come in and say, we want to build our little cabin. Uh, we're fairly young and got a young family, and we want to build that and live in it and we want to add on to it someday and get bigger. So we've actually come up with one. I shouldn't give away a trade secret, but we've actually got one called the three-phase home. It's built in three phases. The first phase is a little two-bedroom cabin, and we design the electrical, the plumbing, the concrete, the rebar, the footings, so they can add on to it, so they don't. They can actually live in it and build on to the, the addition while they're living in it and not stopping the use of the home. And then when the home mm-hmm. is built, they cut the window into a doorway and walk into it. And uh, oh, never stopped them from living in it. And then they can oh. do another addition later on, whether it's a two-car garage or another big master bedroom or whatever. We do it. It's called the Denali. Mm-hmm. You'll see it on our website and in our stuff. And we have wow. a log that plugs in to the other log. Uh, call it a salmon tail. It just cuts so it, it plugs right into the existing round logs. So it looks like it was always designed that way. And it doesn't look like two buildings remodeled stuck a a shack on top of another house type thing. When it's done, the roofs line up. And we we design in the plans the mechanical, the water, the hot water, cold water, the sewer lines. Uh, If you're going to have furnaces, allowed for that into the plans. And the structure strengthened in the areas where another beam is going to come in from another side of the house, and it it just fits right in. And you don't have a big problem of remodeling, tearing out one wall while you're putting Mm -hmm. the other half of the house going to live there and still have it sealed up tight. Okay. Well, Rick, hang in there. We're going to be right back after these messages. Having a brighter, whiter smile is important to you, even during the coronavirus crisis. Teeth whitening can be safe and convenient, because at Curly Whites, we come to you. Our technicians take all the recommended safety precautions, and you don't have to leave your home. Get all your family treated in one afternoon. It's safe and convenient, and less expensive than a visit to the dentist. Curly Whites Mobile Teeth Whitening. Visit pearlywhitesfl.com to book an appointment today. There's a reason Summit County residents have been choosing Park City Mattress for 10 years. With Sealy, Serta, Tempur-Pedic, and Stearns and Foster right here in Park City. And the lowest price guaranteed. Park City Mattress in Redstone Village at Kimball Junction. See us at PCMattress.com. Head and Home Horse Rescue Foundation. We are a 501c3 nonprofit that rescues both wild and domestic horses and other equine that are either unwanted, neglected, abused, or their humans move. Head and Home helps rehabilitate them to be used in equine therapy to help those in need. 
We could use your support. You can contact us at 801-910-2698. Do you know how much equity is in your home, condo, or townhome? Do you want to lower your rate and take cash out? We're Valorum Equity, and we make mortgages easier. Give us a call at 800-764-9072 or visit ValorumEquity.com to receive your free home assessment today. Trouble sleeping? The mattress you choose makes all the difference. How do you select from thousands? At Mattress Warehouse, we do things differently. We fit you to the right mattress that you will love for many years and get up to eight months on our comfort guarantee. That's how sure we are about getting you the best night's sleep. Visit MattressWarehouseUtah.com and download your free mattress buyer's guide to help you select the right mattress at the best price. MattressWarehouseUtah.com Hey, this is Rocktop Construction. Rocktop is a family-owned business based out of Utah. We specialize in replacing worn or storm-damaged roofs and understand how to assist homeowners with property claims. For reliable service and the best value on a quality and energy-efficient roof, call Rocktop Construction at 801-567-1234. We have an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. Again, that's 801-567-1234 to find out more about how we can protect your home. I'm sitting here with Rick Hubble. He's been building log homes for 44 years, and he's the owner of Wilderness Building Systems here in Salt Lake City, and he builds all over the western United States. So he's been around. And also, too, Rick, can a log home survive an earthquake? You know, there's a lot of log homes in Alaska, which is a highly earthquake area, and in oh, really? Yellowstone Park, which is one of the most geothermal active areas in the world, the Old Faithful Lodge is logged, and it's stood up for years, and they have quite a few tremors up in there. We have actually built our homes. We, you've heard me say that we advertise the world's strongest interlocking log wall system, the way we build it. Uh-huh. We've had one customer that built one of these cabins and an avalanche took it off the side of a mountain and carried it down the mountain. They demolished the other ones, you know, mutilated those. But this one, mm-hmm. he, they picked it up, moved it back up, and put it back on the foundation. It stays together. So with the inner oh corners, God. they do. Wow. That's good. Can I get, you know, if I got a log home, can I get insurance for a log home? Or is that impossible? Uh, your insurance is the same as a regular policy. I've never heard any different on that. I've actually used mm-hmm. to hear that they were giving a break on fire insurance on solid wood walls. And I call them log homes, but they call them solid wood homes. If you could do uh, squared logs, six by sixes, six by eights, or round logs, but they do actually used to give breaks, some insurance companies, because the walls don't burn. They're solid. You know, mm-hmm. if you had a couple, three logs laying in your you know, driveway, and you went out through a match on them, you, you couldn't get them to burn. You have to stack all kinds of stuff and gasoline on them and everything else to get them to go. So a log by itself doesn't burn very easy. It's all the kindling oh. or a Christmas tree or a whole bunch of furniture that catch fire. We had a customer over wow. in Colorado that his uh, entertainment center caught fire in his log cabin, and it uh-huh. burnt for four hours, and... Uh, and finally, a neighbor across the way seen it, had the fire department come over and put it out. But on the outside of the house, there was no damage. But his wall with this entertainment was, it charred all the black wall. And they blasted, uh-huh. sandblasted it off, cleaned it all up. And uh, I don't want to say it looked like new, but you probably wouldn't have known it. It caught a fire. Wow. That is, that's unbelievable. Yeah, hopefully your insurance is a little bit lower than a regular conventional home. Um, can can you tell the difference between a good logs and bad logs? Well, when we grade these logs, we have uh, three to four grades. Uh, the house grade the best log. They call that wall log 30, wall log 40. It'll be stamped on the log. Uh, right. Then we have a cabin grade, which is a log with the little pieces of bark left on it or those checks that we talked about. 
we'll mill some logs, the spiral checking going down a tree will sometimes roll around and uh, if the check gets too big, we have to grade it out as the cabin grade log, we call it. It's a lesser grade. Some people like that because it's got little pieces of the, the bark used to be left on it. We peel it off and sell it. But some people want all that. I've actually done a couple homes, and that's what they wanted, was the logs that had the little pieces of bark left on the side so it give it a little more rustic look. And then we get mm-hmm. the ones that's got some bad problems. They got jabbed by a forklift or a piece of logging equipment or something right in the middle of them, and uh, kind of the, a call grade. And then we got the firewood grade, <laughs> where we end up just selling it for firewood costs. But the house grade is called wall log 30 or, or uh, wall log 40. And so there's different grades of logs. Mm. Is there a limit to how big a log home can be? No, we've done, I've done a lot of commercial buildings. That's probably the big buildings. Resorts. I got that a resort up in Montana. They'll be finishing up this summer. And then mm-hmm. uh, I've done several around Utah restaurants and commercial buildings, fishing lodges and things like that around the country. Mm-hmm. But do they have to have special licensing to put them in? No, nope. and you know I mean? the wiring inside the log walls, you don't have to wire conduit. You can uh, just kind of, I take a chainsaw and, and drag a, a curse down the side of a log and tuck a wire into it and then set another log on top of it if you have to run a wire in there. You don't have to have them in conduit. Unless you're a commercial building. Commercial buildings requires conduit, but a regular house, it's just regular wire. And you run all of you on a log home. You run all of your mechanical. Probably want to talk about this. Your uh, electrical goes in, and your plumbing goes in the interior stud walls. So we have stud walls, mm-hmm. log homes that separate hallways and bathrooms and closets. And that's where we we hide and design the the hot and cold water and the vent pipes and the sewer pipes and things like that. Um, there was something else. The sheetrock. When we do sheetrock walls inside to separate partitions from bedrooms and closets and living rooms and such. Uh, we cut a little channel in the wall, and we slide the sheetrock back into the channel. And so you don't sit up there with a pencil trying to scribe around all of your sheetrock and cutting it with a little saw and then having to uh, putty knife it with your taping and your painting and your sanding. We just cut an mm-hmm. uh, inch and a half kerf in the wall, and we just slide the sheetrock back inside of there and then you can just finish it off. And if you want to run a bead of caulk on it after you're done, that's the best thing. One of the things that looks nice on the log homes is finishing stuff off like that. Got a little secrets we can tell you or show you. But uh, use rope, like a hemp rope uh, that you uh-huh. buy, and you just go around the edge of the sheetrock where it runs into the log wall and staple it in there or do some little brad nails and finish it in there. And the rustic rope kind of fits with a good with the rustic flavor. Rocks look mm-hmm. real good on your rock work, on your mm-hmm. posts or outside around your foundation. The artificial rock or the rock for your fireplace goes real nice in log homes. Uh, not mm-hmm. too crazy about tile and brick. <laughs> you got to be careful when you design a home. I do a lot of uh, prey to home stuff, as in mantle work and a lot of commercial hospital, uh, like McDonald houses. And I do a lot of the, the big mantles, commercial stuff. And I, as we're designing these homes, I tell people, don't mix more than two medias together. Like if you're going to do a log home, rock would look good with it, uh, but don't go rock on one side and brick on the other. Try to keep them down to two things. When they help design them, I, I go through all this stuff, too, to help them. Mm-hmm. We'd like to have our homes look good so they appear on magazines and get pictures of them and things like that. So I spend some time trying to help them design something that looks what I call curb appeal and uh, mm-hmm. make them look nice so they don't look like a big barn or a big meat barn or, you know, a warehouse <laughs> or something right. like that. Right, right. I think log homes come a long, long way, especially from the 1800s to today. And, um, Rick, tell my listeners, how can they get in touch with you to be able to get a log home? Well, uh, a couple easy ways nowadays on social media is just type in Log Homes, and you can use my name, Hubble, or Wilderness Building Systems. Uh, mm-hmm. The website is dolog, D-O-L-O-G.com. Uh, 
just type that in or wilderness building systems. But my name pretty well pops up nation worldwide, uh, Hubble, Rick Hubble, Facebook it or something, uh, log homes. Uh, I seem to pop up. My kids are in all this social media stuff. They I'm too old school. And I don't know nothing about all this new stuff, but I'm pretty, I get calls all over the world all the time. So they find me. I don't know how they find me, but they find me. What so about do logs. What about an email so they can get in touch with you by email? What would Rick you, at Dulog, D-O-L-O-G. Everything is okay. Dulog, D-O-L-O-G. Yep. Rick at Dulog, I'll do it, dot com. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. And there's so many questions I want to ask you. I would like to bring you back in a couple months to do another show because there's so much to go over when it comes to a log home. And uh, and I do want to thank you so much for being on my show. And uh, this is fabulous. I've, I've just learned so much just by listening to you. So um, I want again. We might like mention, Kathy, so that our head office is in Salt Lake City, just off I-15 yes. freeway. So if they're okay, in that area, uh, I'm in Montana a lot in the summer because we do logging and timber and sawmill and that I got resorts and other jobs, but um, one question, I'm, question, Rick. How long does it take? When's the best time to say I want to log home, but you just don't want to do it in four months? Oh, so if when's you guys want time? to do a log home and design your log home, give yourself five months. Go through the design and period because you need to start about just after January. Because right now I got three homes in the process of getting building permits or the engineering stage, and we started in January. The, the homeowners are changing. We'll draw it. We'll design it. They'll change it again. We'll change it again. The engineers will change it. The building inspector will change it, and back and forth to the drawing board. By the time you start building, you allow yourself four months. So if you start in January, wow. uh, these homes we're going to be doing, we'll be starting them in June and July, and in the high country, some of them are high in, up in ski resort areas, we only have a few months of good building weather. So uh, give yourself a head start right about January and get things rolling then so you can actually start pouring concrete as soon as the snow melts up here in the mountain areas. Wonderful. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Rick, for coming on my show, and you have a great evening. Okay, thank you. Goodbye. You're welcome. I'd like to thank uh, my station, BBS Radio, for supporting my shows as well as Primetime Media. And for all those listening in, have a great evening. <laughs>